Hi, and welcome to the People Powered Tech, a podcast powered by Profit Optics. We're a technology consulting firm that unlocks innovation for companies. I'm your host, Greg Stivers. And our guest today is Nick Pericle. Nick is our Profit Optics Managing Director over our wholesale distribution client practice, which spans industries like healthcare, building supplies, HVAC, electrical, and others. And Nick is also no stranger to the podcast. In fact, He's already building a fan base here. So, Nick, welcome to the tech. To the I'm podcast. happy to be back, Greg. It's, it's great, great. Great having you, brother. Oh, yeah. No, I love <clears> the <throat> feedback we've already gotten so far from whether it's people here at Profit Optics, some of our clients, and then some people out in the industry as well. It's absolutely, great. absolutely. And so I'm excited about today because we're going to kind of jump back into a topic that we've, uh, that we've covered. Um, but, you know, Again, it's people-powered tech, so even though I know you, even though you've been here, even though our fans love you, i got to ask you a question. This is a simple one today. Camping or glamping? You know the answer to that one, Greg. (laughs) You know the answer to that. So I love camping. I I love spending time outside. It's an activity that I can do with my kids that kind of intersects where both of us like to do something. And so I know you and I talked about it. We're going camping tonight, so we're going out up near Charlottesville, Virginia, and spending some time outside. It's going to be about 70 degrees, so it should be a nice time. Love it. And your timing is impeccable because for those that are listening to this podcast, a week prior, literally one week to the day, it was 15 degrees. 15 degrees. So that that wouldn't have gone as well. We're trying to take advantage. I love it. I love it. We'll have fun. All right. Today, we're building on that topic of custom SaaS along with clients' ERP solutions. And, And who knows? We may just talk about Adams again. Probably will. <laughs> All right. So that's some of the feedback is, seriously, Greg, you guys are talking about Adams? Oh, yeah. I think let's do it again. The building uh, blocks. <clears throat> absolutely. So, um, you know, and as I told someone, I mean, people are made of Adams. So I think it's only appropriate. It's fitting. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. So so let's talk about that. Let's talk about that metaphor uh, for our CIOs, CTOs that we work with, maybe that may be listening, that uh, just how that metaphor works in terms of custom SaaS and how that fits into their world? One of the things that we love to do at Profit Optics and that really kind of makes me excited to get out of bed every day and get after it is building things. At the end of the day, we are building things. We may not be able to see them like something physical. Uh, and I think a way that this shows up and where there may be a limitation between kind of grasping something that's conceptual versus reality is when we're talking to business leaders, CIOs, CTOs, on, more on the technical side, and we ask about architecture diagrams, the first thing that we hear, I, I'm saying 80% of the time I'm hearing, I'll show it to you, but it's out of date. Something's changed. And and with that, I love drawing a picture on the board of, all right, you got these different systems. Here's how they connect. This is what it looks like. Because it helps all of us kind of talk from a common framework. And with that, this metaphor of atoms, I think, is helpful to understand just general technology, and um, there's a lot of things off of that. So as it relates to Adams, one of the things that we talked about on our last podcast was this idea of in the center, you have your protons and your neutrons, and then outside you have electrons. We mentioned this word entropy, and uh, I think as it relates to custom SaaS, as it relates to just how you take technology and make things happen in business, you're really having to focus on how you handle entropy. Absolutely. So and I, th- I, yeah, think, I think a lot of people that have dealt with ERP implementation certainly have dealt with the ongoing customization modifications of ERPs. I think they know a little bit about entropy, don't they? Oh, they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think entropy is 
while I'll give a scientific definition of it that I've refreshed myself on from grade school, I think it's also best defined by Mike Tyson. I may have quoted this on the podcast before. The best laid plan is out there until you get punched in the mouth. Everyone's got that plan until that happens. And so with entropy, you can't predict things. Things are out there. They're happening. And with Adams in particular, one of these definitions is this Heisenberg uncertainty principle where you can't know the exact position and momentum or velocity of an electron or of a particle at any given point in time. If you know where it is, you can't predict where it's going, what direction it is. If you focus so much on where it's going, you forget about where it is. And so balancing those two is really, really tricky. And as, again, business leaders, when we're trying to take this large idea, something that's going to help us protect value, create value, grow our business, we have to take into account where we are and and where we're going. And so if you take at the center, again, you have these protons, neutrons, and you look at your business, that's going to be what is the core operating system of your business? Not just technology, but just how you're operating overall, the people aspect of it, the culture aspect of it. And so if you look at both those systems and then those other aspects, you look at all of the electrons and areas that are happening around. Some of these could be market dynamics. Some of these could be changes that are happening to the company strategy. And then there's also a software element to that as well. Technology is adapting. In 2024, all we hear about is AI. Uh, and so people are adapting to that as well. Right. No, good point. So, all right. So this concept of, of entropy, maybe, you know, a little bit, you know, bordering on chaos theory. How, I mean, we're talking about ERPs. We're talking about custom SaaS. Give us some examples or maybe let's talk a little bit more about from a business perspective, how can custom SaaS help maybe mitigate some of the natural entropy that, uh, that we experience in business? Some of the real examples are going to be acquisitions, divestitures, upends in the market where no one could predict that COVID was going to happen. No one could predict the rapid inflation that was going to happen over the last few years. Businesses are dealing with this on a day-to-day basis. As I've progressed throughout my career, I've changed my perspective on how I've originally focused on just solving the problem at hand. Like, what do I need to do just right in front of me? To then balancing and having this outlook of where are we going and what are all of the influences that I need to be thinking about that could change the direction of that. And I think that is something that I have a greater appreciation for from executives, uh, clients that we work with, as well as our own executives here at Profit Optics. We're constantly having to balance what could veer us off course. We're going to set a course. We're going to go on it. We're taking a bet. But what could veer us off course? And so as you consider all of those different areas, that's change. That's this chaos there. So much of our business that's done today is digital. Uh, Things are done online. Things are done through these various operating systems that are out there. Humans are still picking up the phone and talking to each other, but most of the time they're sending emails, they're sending EDIs, they're sending JSONs. And so the world is increasingly digital. Having a layer that allows you to adapt to change in this digital format, like what Custom SaaS would allow you to do, can be really powerful for smoothing out what some of those choppy seas can look like. Yeah, and I think we got into a little bit of last time custom SaaS, kind of what that really is. But why don't you give some examples of where, A, what custom SaaS really is in this context, and especially how it complements an ERP. Not just, it certainly doesn't replace it, but it certainly complements it. And I think, you know, again, battling that concept of entropy, where it enables you to continue to get the great advantages of the ERP without maybe, you know, kind of thwarting your future in terms of maintenance and upgrades, 
but also then giving you that innovation that you need to differentiate in the market. Yeah, let's make it real. So a custom SaaS platform is going to be a technology platform that lives alongside your ERP and can have highly configured or customized solutions built on top of it while not not making you or forcing you to customize truly everything. It's going to give you building blocks that you can take, assemble, and create something bigger than the sum of the parts that are creating it. And so taking that idea, like at Profit Optics, we provide this custom SaaS where we give our clients a platform. There are products that we deploy on top of that for our clients. And then there are larger custom solutions that we'll build that, again, take these building blocks, but we may not have an out-of-the-box product that supplies that right right now, but they get an advanced solution that has a quicker time to market, is built on these enterprise-level features that we provide, and accounts for change that can come through. We can adapt really quickly, and it doesn't impact core business features like it would in the ERP. And so I think that leveling on that definition of custom SaaS, if we then apply that to some examples that we have, we talked about these changes in the marketplace. We have one client of ours who cost is a really important part of their business. They run really thin margins, like what a distributor would normally do. But in this business, it's particularly thin. There's somewhat of a retail component to it, uh, as well as a wholesale side. What they needed to do, this was before COVID, they were still managing costs, is they had a unique way that they wanted to look at what costs were for their clients or for products that were coming in. And then they needed to manage that and collaborate on that and quickly adapt to information that they were receiving. This could be updates that they were getting from vendors. This could be a a different uh, strategy that they wanted to have with rebates that were coming through. So we helped build this cost management system on our custom SaaS platform for them. Inflation then happens after COVID. They saw this coming. They saw the initial impacts of it. They were reading what market forecasts were saying, what inflation was going to look like as the Fed was raising rates and things like that. And through adaptations that they made to the tool we built on this software, they were able to actually outpace inflation. And by raising costs that uh, in accounting for costs that were going to be raised, they were then able to adjust prices, communicate effectively to their customers because of some of the insights that the tool we built together with them uh, shared they were able to maintain customer relationships throughout that. And so that idea of what we saw there was really powerful. That's great. And, and, I, and I think of, you know, kind of putting myself in our audience's shoes. They may be hearing that and saying, well, that's great. I mean, you got some phenomenal outcomes. They outpaced inflation. They really exceeded some of their cost and margin goals. But I could probably do that in my ERP. You know, maybe my IT organization right now is saying, yeah, I've got a 25 other priorities, but I, I can knock that out as well. Maybe you can talk a little bit about, from this client's perspective, why they chose custom SaaS as opposed to kind of building it within their ERP. This client saw their ERP as a place to house what the cost needed to be in order to transact. So they saw it as where the source of truth ultimately needed to live. A few of the important aspects that I kind of touched on earlier that forced or that really brought them to think about why they needed a differentiated solution and why a SaaS solution that was out there for cost management didn't serve their needs was how diverse some of the offering they had within their their products. So they have different products that spanned a number of different, we'll call them industries. They kind of serve a number of these. They needed to handle each one of those industries differently. They then wanted to collaborate internally on this. They wanted to share information between departments, 
going up and down in the hierarchy where some they wanted to build out a playbook that allowed for certain approvals to happen if it exceeded certain thresholds and things like that. So building out that playbook, allowing for that collaboration, allowing for all of this input, that's all chaos that needs to happen in a controlled workflow manner. You could certainly build that in Excel, which is what they were considering doing as well. And Excel is kind of the best prototyping mock-up tool that's out there for these types of things. If you look at trying to do that within an ERP, you're missing the point, in my opinion, of what an ERP really is meant to do, and that's to handle the core transactions. I would not consider this a core transaction of the business. It's certainly an important process that needs to be considered and needs to be accounted for, but it's not a core part of the business. And if you start looking at cost management as the goal, yeah. then you're missing the point. Yeah, no, fair enough. Again, the, the, those that are listening to this, I think they might, in fact, the reality is this could be built in their ERP. It, it could. It absolutely could, it right? Could. Uh, and in some cases, people are building this in their ERP. The challenge, of course, as we all know, is that the more you customize that ERP, the more difficult an upgrade path to that ERP becomes. So I think that's the other thing that uh, maybe as listeners are thinking about this, your IT organization may appropriately be saying, no, we could build that in the ERP. A, they may not have the bandwidth and the prioritization and timing to do that this year. But B, it might be creating further roadblocks or hurdles for the future of continuing to upgrade that ERP. And I think that's just a challenge that is reality. Again, there's there's all reasons why you want to kind of go either way. But I think uh, I think that's, a, that's a, a natural question that you guys can ask, you as the audience, to your IT organization, if they are saying, hey, let's just build it in the ERP. Some of the challenges are really how quickly can they do that? And, and, and again, what, what hurt, hurdles does that create in the future? Well, speaking of the audience, I think, you know, where are we? We're right here at the beginning of 2024, and a lot of our group, uh, uh, certainly our clients and, and, and other prospective clients out there, are just coming through or finalizing their budgets as they move into 24 and taking a big, deep breath, right? And they've got this big list of projects, this big list of priorities, and they're ready to go, and everything looks good. It's kind of like the beginning of a football season. I always feel like my team is now going to be a Super Bowl champion, even though they lost every game the, the prior year. So... With that, we know the reality of that it is not a linear. It's not a straight road that's smooth out of any potholes. There's going to be potholes. There's going to be some wide S's in that road that, uh, that they don't foresee right now. So talk to us a little bit about that and kind of what, relative to that, knowing that's going to happen, how custom SaaS can, can, can play a role in, in maybe making that trip a little smoother. At the beginning of any year, a sense of optimism is going to be really important. I, I enter the new year optimistic, excited about for what the future holds, feeling like it's a fresh start. Why I don't think this every month, uh, you know, it's <laughs> maybe something I need to work on a little bit. Uh, in reality, I think especially the last few years have taught us that change is going to be unending, that things are going to continue to change. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. While we may have talked about the new normal and, and just some of the realities that have occurred to us as citizens of the world over the last you know, four or five years, change can also bring about new things. I think in particular, and on a future podcast, we'll talk about AI and what the promises of AI are, uh, but then also what is being achieved now with that. That can be really exciting. So as organizations are looking at their strategic initiatives, things that they sat around in a boardroom, stacking hands and, and fist bumping each other saying, great, we're, we're going to do this. We're going to get after this in 24, 2024. 
there are going to be realities that happen uh, where when rubber meets the road, you got to adapt. You got to make sure that you have good shocks on that car so you can absorb the different potholes that are going and you can keep moving in the direction that you need to, that your business needs to, that the shareholders of your business need to. I go back to this idea of what growth really means, and I'll tie this back into custom SaaS. Growth is a combination of both expanding, but also protecting the base. So as you look at, and as organizations and leaders are considering, how do we grow? How do we bring in and capture new areas of, of business? How do we capture a new market? How do we go after those customers that ditched us over the last few years? You have to make sure that as you're doing that, you're also looking at your core operations and that that is smooth. Business is digital, and so tying that into overall technology, make sure that all of your core functions of your business are working, from order to cash, to pickpacking and shipping, to returns and customer service. Continue to optimize those and look for the best way to optimize it. That can be ERP, that can be a SaaS product that you go out and pay a license for and use as is out of the box. Considering this option of custom SaaS, whether it's something that your IT team has developed internally on your internal custom platform or having a partner that provides this software and provides some of the thought leadership on how to best deploy it, how to consider changes as they're looking at where to do it. Something that you said earlier, Greg, really reminded me of this idea of total cost of ownership, which is increasingly being talked about. It's it's always been out there, but I see it being talked about more within the industry because people have bought software, Everyone's, everyone in business has gone through an ERP implementation or an upgrade. And a lot of people have scars to show for it. They have war stories. They also have a lot of lessons learned. And so taking those into account as you're considering where to build things, where to make vision into a reality can be really important. So talking to your people about about where the best place to ultimately deploy something should be. Yeah, good, good stuff. So, you know, so the, those same leaders that are thinking about that hoping for the smooth road, knowing that it's probably going to be bumpy. What are some, you know, you mentioned TCO and certainly ROI. I mean, there's all these terms that we hear all the time, but the reality is, especially in distribution, where the margins are thinner, as you said, do I even have the budget to spend that I want to? Not to mention, what other investments do I need to make? And if there are investments, how quickly am I going to get a return on that? I guess what I would ask you is think about, uh, for our audience, what are some of those considerations as, as it relates to where custom SaaS fits into their business. I love when I first meet an organization and I understand some of what the history that's led them up to where they are, what's made them successful. I visited companies that have existed for over 100, 150 years. They're maybe family-run distributors or they've gone through a series of acquisitions and rolled up or they're distributors that have been around for maybe only 50 years or 30 years and they're doing some really innovative things. Understanding the history, honoring that history of how they got to where they were. They didn't get there by chance is, I think, an important part of it. With that, then looking at what the future holds, how do I mix both history and future together and kind of meet as we maybe face a fork in the road of where we need to go? Kind of a funny question that I like to pose to people is, all right, we're talking about this grand idea. It could be a way that you're going to grow top line 20% this year. Or you're going to impact your reps and make them 20, 30, 40, 50% more efficient by implementing this. Think about implementing this in your ERP and immediately, how does your stomach feel? <laughs> and that always gets some laughs uh, in the room where people are going to say, oh, you know, 
you won't believe what we went through back three, four years ago. And this yeah. is not a knock on the ERP yeah. organizations and the ERP systems. I have a lot of respect and I have a lot of good friends that work uh, and that I collaborate with on talking through, hey, what are what are some of the strengths that you have? How can I make sure that I'm advising my clients on, let's not build something just for the sake of building it? Because we can get caught up in that as well. Absolutely. But that question of how does it make you feel initially? Trusting your gut, I think, is something that can we try and move away from and use more logic, but trusting some of that biology can be can be an important thing. Agreed. Agreed. And what about just the notion of, you know, kind of how unique the solution they may be looking to build is versus it's more if it's a more generic solution. Does that play in? Definitely. I'm a product guy. I love looking at new products that are out there, understanding how people have evaluated either large or very niche unmet needs in the market and deployed a solution that they believe can solve this need for millions of people. Uh, And so I love that both from the consumer side and from the enterprise side. I encourage all of the clients that I work with to look for ways that this can be solved with a true SaaS product where you can go buy something and plug it in. And if you don't have to do anything else for it and it meets your needs, that is the right way to go. If you need something that starts to get in the differentiated space and something that you think is going to be uh, a way that handles a uniqueness in your business. That could be your how you're operating. Could be because you're somewhat international. Could be because you're regional. Could be because you've acquired a lot of different organizations and you want to maintain some of that decentralized, that just decentralized way of working. That is, I think, where a custom SaaS solution can really play strong because you can get a very high percentage of the features that you know you need for your business. You're also pulling in what the organization that's providing you that platform, like a company like Profit Optics would, the research that they've done and what does your industry need in general. You can build off of other products and start to get an economy of scale through differentiation uh, and, and provide a lot of value to your business. I think the other thing to think about uh, as it relates to that is how quickly do you need something? Right. I mean, if speed to market is a significant issue, to your point, if you can buy something off the shelf, that's that's fantastic. Now, sometimes buying something off the shelf also means a heavy implementation timeline. And so that has to be balanced. Uh, But I think this is certainly an area where as you look at your ERP versus custom SaaS, there's a long list of things to be done in ERP land, oftentimes in companies. And so getting in that line often can mean I may need to wait 12, 24 months to get my piece completed. Uh, And that's, that's again, where a lot of our clients bring us in to really tackle something that can have a material impact, a a pretty quick ROI, certainly differentiation in the marketplace, but on a much faster timeframe. That ties into total cost of ownership. Total cost of ownership isn't just kind of the cash outlay that you're going to have to acquire this product, implement it, but there's also opportunity cost. And so when you look at, if I had this implemented within three months versus six months, what is that going to enable my business to do? And putting it through the lens of protecting the value that you've created and that your team has created, but then also capturing new value. So looking at that as it relates to the speed to value, how you actually have this product up and running, I see individuals within organizations having learned from past experience that rarely is anything truly turnkey, uh, where you buy something, you have it immediately turned on and it works for you, drive it off the lot and you're good. That's not typically how software works, especially in this integrated 
technology ecosystem that we live in. Data needs to flow between tools. Data needs to match between those. You need There's high levels of configuration that need to happen, even for SaaS products, just to get the data right within there. So this idea of having custom SaaS, knowing that you already need to integrate data, knowing that you need to have configuration, knowing that you're probably not going to use all the features that a SaaS tool provides to you, you can you can speed things up pretty quickly by focusing on what do I need here and now, phasing things out, focusing on MVP first, and then adding on new features that are going to allow you to do even more in 18 months to two years from now, I think is a consideration that the business leaders will want to have. Well, probably should wrap it there. Um, but uh, thanks again. Just great having you here. Great uh, bringing some science into our tech. I oh, appreciate yeah. that. That's, we, love, uh, we love that that's, science. That's, that's good. Um, obviously, a, a dad with small kids that are starting to get into school. I love that. Nick, I think that you've probably piqued the interest of a lot of our listeners. Um, and so thank you for that. But since you've been here before, as you know, we always end with a lightning round, but I'm going to shorten this, but I'm going to, st- I'm going to bring some, some new questions to you, uh, given your background here. So, All right, I'm ready for it. So let's jump into this. Mountains or beach? There's nothing like laying on the beach and just sitting there, getting that vitamin D coming in. I, I love that. At the same time, I went to college out in Utah, Brigham Young University, spent a lot of time in the mountains, hiking around. Didn't get into skiing, which I think is a disappointment. If I had to choose one, I think I'd choose beach. I love relaxing. Well, good. Thank you for choosing one and not being the politician. Oh, yeah. All right. NFL or NBA? Ooh, NBA. That's a quick one. Yeah, I played basketball growing up. Loved it. Rode the bench a lot when I talked to people and they uh, they ask, you know, how, how good were you? I could. I used to be able to get up and dunk, do some pretty cool things. NFL, I could tell you the pop culture NFL players, which I'll probably refrain from uh, doing on here. <laughs> but I couldn't tell you too much more about the NFL, unfortunately. Hey, I got to tell you, at least you made the bench. I didn't even make the bench. Hey, there you so go. There you go. Good for, good for you. Um, sunrise or sunset? I've never regretted seeing a sunrise. I've never regretted getting up early as much as it pains me to get out of a nice warm bed and go up and see a sunrise. I've never regretted. Sunsets are beautiful. I got to go sunrise though. Love it. Love it. Well, listen, thanks for being here. Uh, my guess is there'll be listeners who would love to pick your brain or bounce additional ideas off you or by tapping into your expertise. So where can they find you, Nick? They can find me at my email, nick at profitoptics.com or my LinkedIn, Nick Pericle. Well, to all our audience, thank you for listening and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Finally, keep smiling and remember that it is people that power the technology that can make your business grow. If you want to meet people that live that daily or want to ask questions about how technology can impact your business, hit us up at pod.profitoptics.com. Thanks for listening to People Powered Tech. Profit Optics produces the show. We are a technology consulting company that designs and delivers data and software solutions to help companies unlock innovation. Learn more at ProfitOptics.com. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast, share this episode with a colleague, and rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform.